Welcome back into another episode of the Owen Show. I am Owen Burke, joined alongside by Tim Hunt, per usual. Tim, how you doing? Good, man. Good. Uh, you know, attempt number three or four of trying to record this thing. We've uh, run into nothing but technical difficulties, so uh, I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're ready to get one going. So Yeah. Technical difficulties be damned. The show must go on. So this is episode three. We've got our award predictions and our playoff predictions, Super Bowl predictions, all that stuff's coming today. We're also going to preview, look into our week one matchups uh, as we kind of get ready for the regular season. But before we dive into all that stuff today, it's also a game on TikTok, Tim. So I'm going to run you through this and we may rotate back and forth. Maybe next week you do it and I can I can try to guess. But I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i got three players sitting in front of me. Now, if we take too long in the first one or two, we'll just do uh-huh. the one or two. I picked two that I feel like will be pretty easy for you. And then the third one is kind of the one that I'm going to, I'm going to test you on. Well, I mean, we'll see how it goes. So I'm just going to give you the teams in order that this player is played for. I'm just trying to see if you can guess who the team is. I've seen these, but I I figured you've probably seen them. So the first one, um, Patriots, Browns, Patriots, Lions, Patriots. Oh, that's Jamie Collins. There you I, go. Okay, I, I figured that was the the lob to get you yeah, started. That that one's super easy. Like I don't even. As soon as you said Patriots, I was like, oh, that's Jamie Collins. <laughs> yeah, I think the second one's gonna be pretty easy too. Okay. Um, honestly, I don't think the third one's super hard, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So the second one, Steelers, Raiders, Patriots, Buccaneers. Plays on the Bucks now, huh? Oh, it's uh, Antonio Brown. There you go. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> not, 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 anymore. not anymore. I can even count that he played for the Raiders. He was there for like, what, half an offseason? Yeah, I was like, it has an asterisk next to it, and it says offseason and or practice squad member only. So Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Not technically. All right, here's this one. Vikings, Saints, Cardinals, Redskins, Lions, Titans, Seahawks. And he's an active player? Not currently active, no. Not currently active. Say it again. Vikings, Saints, Cardinals, Redskins, Lions, Titans, Seahawks. Hmm. Finish his career, the Seahawks. I hate doing the end ones because I feel like they spend, you know, if it's later. A year. Yeah. And just say the first. What team? Who's he drafted by? The Vikings. Drafted by the Vikings. It's it, like it's tough, but it's not at the same time. He plays offense. Yep. Is it Adrian Peterson? It is Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I, it took me. It just I was like my brain was like I, I, I forgot that he signed like a like a little contemporary contract for him. But yeah, I was like I pretty sure it was Adrian. I Peterson. I did not. Re- I don't remember the Cardinals stint. Yeah, very brief. I don't. I don't oh. know. I think it was only for like a week or two. Because towards the end, he was signing like really short deals to uh, like yeah. somebody would get hurt and he would like sign there for like two, three weeks. And then that guy would come back. They cut him. I think that's yeah, like how played it, for the it Saints went. in the Cardinals in 2017. And then he's yeah. two years on the Redskins, then the Lions. And then he played for the Titans and the Seahawks in the same. Year. Yeah, because so. people are still drafting him when he was on the uh, the commanders and, and when he was on the. Uh, on the Saints, too. People are like, oh, yeah, he's still good. I'm like, yeah, OK. I was like, all right, man. RB six. Right. 
I was I, that was somewhat impressive. You got to say, right? That was that was pretty good. Oh, that, like I said, the first, I wanted to start it off slow. I didn't want to come out and just fucking immediately throw you a brick wall. Well, also, Jamie, while I was kind of looking at players, like I was trying to pick like a Patriot player too here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pulled up Dan Connolly because I was like, I don't know how many teams Dan Connolly's played for on his Wikipedia page. Actually, let me pull it back up so I can get exactly what it says but this is the funniest shit when i was reading this i was gonna give him but he only played for the jags and the patriots mm-hmm. his position is listed as guard center kicker turner which i think is the greatest thing ever huh. that was the guard on the patriots that took that, oh that had that, that like 50 60 <laughs> yeah, yard turn. yeah down to the, like right. the 10 yard line it was against the seahawks yeah yeah that was i like i was just like looking i was like oh damn Connor, that's a good one the teams didn't really work out for it but the fact that, like, I get it to Wikipedia, but he is listed as a kicker turner. Yeah, so. I mean, anytime you say someone that has played for the Patriots, even briefly, I normally can lock them for the most part. Yeah, I was uh, like, at first I had Antonio Brown. I was like, man, this is the lob. And then I was like, oh, Jamie Collins is the, by far and away the easiest lob you could ever throw to a Patriots fan. Do you know how many head coaches in the NFL um, currently have played on the New England Patriots? Currently played on? Yeah, played for the New England Patriots. Oh, Jesus. Seven. Uh, it's not that high. It's only three. three. It's only three. That's still impressive. Yeah, that played but didn't coach ever coach there. Um, I'm trying to think. If you can name all three, that'd be impressive. But I, it's kind of it's kind of tough. They're all head coaches? Uh, they are all head coaches, yeah. I mean, if we go outside a head coach, you get a, it gets, the list gets bigger. But, yeah, I was like, yeah. I guarantee that list. Yeah, balloons. but play, like, just played, never coached there. I'm just trying to think of former players that are coaches. Um, One of them's a – two of them are big names. One of them just got hired as a head coach this year. Todd Bowles isn't a former player, is he? I think he is, but he did not play for the Patriots. Who is it? I'm curious. It is Cliff Kingsbury. Um, really? He was drafted to the New England Patriots, was Tom Brady's backup or third string for a year Never. or two, and he got cut. Never um, would have got that. Yep. Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings' new head coach. Okay. He was also drafted to New England. Um, and then you have Mike Bravel. Mike Bravel was kind of uh, the layup. Bravel's the lob, yeah. Didn't even yeah. get around to him. He, he caught him. two touchdowns like for us, too. So He did. I remember that. Bigger, bigger name, but yeah. Um, second best tight end Brady ever threw to Mike Vrabel. <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> correct, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, three. Not everybody knows that those guys. I mean, they no, were. Like, I had no here. idea that Kingsbury played in the NFL at all, let alone yep. for the Patriots. Yeah, he he got fired from Texas Tech. That's where he went to school. He played quarterback there too. That's nuts. I so, did knew that, but I didn't know he was in. The yeah. NFL. Drafted to like New England Patriots in like the sixth round. There you go. Fun fact. How about it? Some, something go. like that. Got a game and a fun fact for you to start today. So you want to hop straight into these awards here? Let's go for it. So this episode, we're going to kind of go over uh, our predictions for, you know, who's going to win the all the, the major awards. So MVP, coach of the year, comeback player of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year. Um, then we're going to run through our playoff predictions, right? If you've listened to the last two episodes, we've broken down the NFC and then the AFC. Now we're going to kind of paint that picture for how we think the year is going to go into the playoffs. And then we're going to give you some previews for week one game. So, so, and also, no, we did not do offensive rookie or defensive rookie of the years. First of all, the offensive rookie of the year is such a crapshoot. Who knows? It could literally be anybody somehow. 
Kenny Pickett is like the odds on favorite among amongst executives, despite not being named the week one starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That shows you where the awards at. Well, you got to remember one, we live in a quarterback bias league, right? Like let's just start there. Um, But I mean, yeah, if he, if he starts week four and has a decent season, he'll, he'll win it no matter what. I mean, I just, I feel like somebody, I feel like somebody's going to grab it. Is what I think is good. like. I feel like a rookie is going to come on ground. I don't know who it's going to be, the, but like Jamar heart. Chase grabbed the reins pretty early on last year. Yeah, I that feel was like about, somebody's going to grab the reins. I was about to say the hard part is is like you would have to have a Jamar Chase level season. Like now, Jamar Chase is at the bar for rookie wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like if one of those guys has an okay year and Kenny Pickett has a good year, like. Kenny Pickett's getting it. Or if they even have both have good years, like Kenny Pickett's going to get it just because, you know, everyone's going to be like, well, it wasn't Jamar Chase, you know? So, yeah, true. All right. Let's jump into who do you think, who's your MVP at the end of the year? Uh, I have my MVP is Lamar Jackson right now, plus 2000 on DraftKings. Nice. Um, I, I truly do believe that Baltimore is in for a special season. Obviously, I want it to happen. I'm terrified that I'm jinxing myself out of it currently by talking about it. But I the Baltimore Ravens tooled this entire offseason to getting the roster back to what it was in 2019, running a lot of three and four tight end sets. So having Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle on the roster, they drafted two tight ends to come in after that. Isaiah likely has been an animal throughout the preseason. Um The big question mark obviously being at wide receiver now with Rashad Bateman being the one who's only played, I think, like six career games. Um, And I think Hollywood Brown actually has more career receiving yards than the entire uh, receiving core of the Ravens right now. There's not a lot of experience in that room. Um, But there there wasn't a lot. Like, I mean, Hollywood had a decent year in 2019, but they, they ran the tight end sets and ran the ball. That's what Baltimore does. It worked then. Lamar was the unanimous MVP that year. Um, I mean, everybody's healthy. That's the biggest thing, right? I don't think it, it takes a, a psychiatrist to be like, oh, this, uh, you know, you guys are healthy. That's, that's, it's about all you could say about the Baltimore Ravens and what they need to do this year. So I really like where they're at. And I think Lamar playing without the contract, is it risky? Obviously, yes. He could be working himself out of a long-term contract if he gets injured, but he's betting on himself, and that means that he's going to go out there and do everything he can to make sure that the Baltimore Ravens win every single football game possible. And I think I'm 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 going to bet with Lamar instead of against him at this point. Yeah, so. I, I the only hesitation I have is Lamar set the bar so high when he won MVP in 2019. Is that right? Yeah, 20, yeah 2019. Um, so he's got to go up and fight that kind of season that he had there, right? So. Yeah. Um, that would be my only hesitation. I mean, the team is going to be better. Uh, the, I think the biggest thing that is going to be holding him back and, and I kind of, I'm trying to think of like the best example for it in the NBA, but I think the passing has become such a dynamic. It's such an important part of the game that his run ability isn't as amazing as it used to be. Right. Like Giannis won those back-to-back MVPs because it was different and we hadn't seen anyone be able to do the things he had done. Um, I just worry that that magic might have wore off for Lamar um, when it comes to MVP voting. He's going to have to have a he- like a career year. Um, so I'm not saying he can't do it. That's just my only hesitation with that. Um, I'm going Justin Herbert at plus 900. Um, Definitely a I, safer pick. Yeah, I, I use FanDuel. Uh, I mean, 
if you look at the season that this kid had last year, I feel like he might be one of the most underrated, overhyped players that we've seen, right? Yeah, like so it's so weird. He's in such a weird spot. There's there's a lot of love for this kid right now, but I don't think we're recognizing fully like how good of a season he had last year, right? Like Agreed, yeah. he he was second in yards, second in touchdowns behind Tom Brady, right? Like that's just that's crazy. Threw um, five thousand yards in last year, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he threw for five thousand yards last year. So um it's not like he has to play that much better. I think the difference this year, in my opinion, is the team is overall better, right? Mm-hmm. So you add Khalil Mack, you add JC Jackson, you go out and draft a Zion Johnson, um, you get an Isaiah Spiller in the fourth round to kind of, you know, add some depth to that backfield. So that way, um, if Eckler goes down or gets hurt for a couple games, you still got people out there. Um, there's a lot of things that they did that's going to make this team, you know, elevate them to a playoff level team. And I, their division is insanely tough, right? Don't get me yeah. wrong. Um, I think they're going to end up being a wild card team, but I think going 13 and four or having 12, like I think they're going to be a 12 win team somewhere. I've got them going 13 and four. I think they're going to be in that ballpark. I think if he has a season like he had last year and then elevates them to that many wins, I think that right there is enough to set him off as MVP. Yeah, I think it's got to – and I, I honestly kind of hate how the NFL award system is set up right now because they're all regular season awards, but we wait and watch through the AFC and NFC title game to make our decisions. So as much as people would like to say it doesn't, it heavily affects how these awards play out because if your two MVP candidates last year, say the two finalists for MVP were Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, Who's probably going to walk home with that trophy at the end of the day? It's the guy that just went on to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead to make it to the AFC title game and then won the AFC title game in his second year in the league to go to the Super Bowl, right? Like, right. as much as it's not supposed to be affected by the playoffs, it is just because of how the dating and how everything is set up. So I think him getting to the postseason is going to be a big thing because that's the biggest knock. Everybody always talks about Lamar's postseason success and how he hasn't been able to get the job done in the playoffs. And Justin Herbert, well, again, like I said, like you said, you said it perfectly, underrated and overhyped. Somehow we're not looking at the numbers. This kid had a great year, but at the same time, everyone is elevating this kid to like the third or fourth best quarterback in the league, and he has not made the playoffs yet. Yeah. Which is an issue. So – which is not, it's not a solely a him issue, right? Like we know why he didn't make it two years ago. It's because Anthony Lynn didn't know how to manage a clock. And last year was an unlucky draw in, you know, or the conspiracy theory of the Raiders and, and the Chargers trying to tie to go to the playoffs together. So the it's, he's in such a weird spot. I don't think I've ever seen anybody be overrated and under like overhyped and underrated at the same time. And, and the thing right. Right the thing I'll say is I think they learned a lot last year by going for it so much on fourth down that I think this team is going to be in when they're in close game situations, you know, if they have any success, it's going to be highlight because they're going to be going for it on fourth and five and fourth and four. You know what I mean? So I think there's going to be a lot of attention, a lot of focus on this team this year, um, which is crazy to say, because there's going to be like none of their home fans at home games. I think that's ultimately the biggest thing that holds this team back, but yeah, I, I really like the the way that this is going to look there. So um, who do you got winning coach of the year? Coach of the year, I have Nick Sirianni at plus 1,800 right now. Um, 
I think we both had the Eagles winning that division, correct? Yes, um, we do. Yep. Granted, at the four seed, but still a twelve and five year. It's another team that just got better. I mean, they get better just by another year of experience. They were already a young team. They said, "Hey, man, we cannot draft a first round receiver and hit to save our lives. Let's just trade a first round pick, get AJ Brown." Like, all right, we're going to stack that with Devonta Smith. We'll figure out that we don't really need a number one running back to run the ball well. We're still going to be the second best run offense behind Baltimore in the league with Miles Sanders and a committee of three guys behind him. Let's also draft Jordan Davis. We're going to sign James Bradbury. So now I love the Jordan Davis move even more because originally, like, I mean, who doesn't love a 6'6", 340-pound defensive tackle, the heir apparent to Fletcher Cox, it's got to come into the middle of the field. And then when you really get into the numbers of it, they love running four-man fronts, not rushing a lot of extra guys, and just dropping into man coverage with two high safeties and just kind of doing their thing. And now they're able to drop into those fronts and not rush a lot of guys. They could even drop to a three-man front and still stop the run because they have Jordan Davis in the middle of the field. They still sign Hassan Reddick into the linebacking core. They get a sliding Nicobe Dean in the second or third round. I don't think any team had a better offseason overall than what the Philadelphia Eagles had. I don't think so. I think the thing that the hardest part for them is they were a playoff team last year, and it's hard to win coach of the year if you made the playoffs last year. And it's all about expectations. And I feel like right now the expectation is for them to win the division, which also hurts them, I think. Now, if everyone – now, say Dallas was healthy, they had Amari Cooper still – Everyone's probably looking at Dallas. I think it makes it a little bit easier for Nick Sirianni to win coach of the year at that point. Yeah. Because I think what coach of the year should be is expectations versus reality, right? Like, yeah. Brian Flores took what was called the worst football roster ever assembled through three weeks, took him to seven wins by the end of the year. That's a coach of the year kind of guy. Yeah. Is there a guy that had a projected eight wins and took him to 11 in a playoff berth? Yeah. But I'll take the guy that, that took that got off a roster of seven wins first. Yeah. Beforehand. So I, I think the problem with Nick Sirianni is I think the Eagles are getting a lot of attention, a lot of hype this year. So I think the expectations are going to be high. So I think, you know, Jalen hurts and this team is going to have to kind of outperform the level that they've been playing at. Um, That's fair. So like, it's gotta be a big step in order for them to get it. You know what I mean? They need to be the first seed in the NFC and probably only lose like, three or four games. You know what I mean? It has to be something drastic that we didn't see coming. Um, Nick Sirianni is plus 2000, by the way, we're going to say the odds for the first one. I'm going to try to say them all. Um, For me, I I was torn between two guys, to be honest with you. Um, Two guys I really like, I'm going to ultimately, I'm going to go with Doug Peterson um, mainly because the Jags were three and 14 last year. I've got him winning, I think, nine games. Yeah, nine games. So six-game improvement. I have him barely sneaking out and winning the division. Um, I think that's enough to just solidify Doug Peterson. I think Trevor Lawrence also plays to a really high level this year Um, and and to such a high level that it feels like, you know, okay, this is what Trevor Lawrence actually is, and Doug Peterson is going to get the most out of him. and we've seen Doug Peterson do that with young quarterbacks, right? Like yep. Carson Wentz, when he was at his best, was with Doug Peterson. Um, Nick Foles is at his best with Doug Peterson. Um, so I, I really like this. Doug Peterson didn't really know what to do with a talent like Jalen Hurts. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think, more fits his build. 
Um, Doug Peterson is only plus 1600. The other guy that I, I really, really debated on. Um, I just want to say it really quick is I think Kevin O'Connell has got a really good shot. Um, at plus 1600 as well. It's the Vikings head coach, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. That's that's a team that the only other thing is, again, I would say that now I get being a rookie head coach probably plays to his benefit. Yes. That's another team to me that the expectations are sky high. I think it's a, it's a tough spot for him to be in as a coach because you're in your first year as a head coach and team like the fan base and the league in general are expecting you to be better. You have to come in and be better than what Zimmer was on his way out, which usually isn't the case. They kind of give you a year or two to kind of grow on the job. Obviously, we want long-term growth, but like the expectation is the Vikings will finish better this year than they have the last two to three years immediately uh, yeah. just by proxy of getting rid of, getting rid of Zimmer. So it's a, it's a 50-50 thing. I think the expectations are a little high for him, but also being a rookie head coach, the expectations being high may help him out in the long run. Yeah, so the Vikings won eight games last year. Um, so that's a little, you know, that's a little low. So I think it's I on think, the low side for how talented they are. I, I think they'll be better. The over under is nine and a half on their win total. So, you know, everyone's thinking they're going to be a nine, 10 win team. So I think I had them at 12. So, and I think I had them at, you know, 11 or something like that. Yeah. Where did I have them? I had him at 11 wins. So I, I think that's kind of the appropriate spot. Um, I think the thing that I like about him that I think we didn't talk about enough is that like as an offensive guy coming in and looking at that, like there's a lot of weapons on this offense, right? What, like, what could you ask more of? Like, yeah. A better quarterback. I mean, Kirk Cousins is, is not – he's better than a game manager, in my opinion, but he's not special, you know? Yeah, I but, would say – I mean, he's what, top 12, top 14, 15? Yeah, maybe? top, top like, – he's top half of the league when it comes 100% to – 100% top. No no doubt in my mind he's top half of the league. Like, And I think on a good week he's top 12. He's probably and a, 12. And a guy who can consistently throw for 4,000 yards a year. Yeah. He's got Dalvin Cook. He's got arguably one of the top five best wide receivers. I, I, no doubt that he's top five. Um, Justin Jefferson. Yep. So – Adam Thielen's your two target. Yeah, a really good, solid, safe two target. Um, I mean, not a lot of depth at the tight end. And then you got Dalvin Cook back there. I like Irv Smith Jr. a lot, but it, he's starting to fall into the category, the uh, the, the OG, Noah Fant, uh, Evan Ingram yeah. category of like, oh, he's going to have a good year this year. I don't think Noah Fant's in that category. I think Noah Fant has been somewhat okay, but it's That's more fair. of like, Evan Ingram, uh, David Njoku, I would put in that category. Okay. OJ Howard, you know, guys that every year they're like, oh, this is this this guy's gonna be good this year, you know. Um, who do you got for your comeback player of the year? Comeback player of the year, I have Christian McCaffrey. Um, Plus seven hundred, I like that. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm just I'm praying for all the fantasy managers out there with this one. To be honest with you. Um, I love Christian McCaffrey. I was, I've been on that train for a very long time. I think the second I saw that guy go for two thousand, a thousand receiving yards and a thousand rushing yards in the same year, I was like, man, this guy is special. I was like, this guy's better than Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry had just ran for two thousand yards for the second year in a row, and I, I willingly on with a microphone in front of my face said that Christian McCaffrey was a better running back, and he hasn't been healthy since. So. I, I want him to be healthy. I want him to be on the football field. I think it's just 
This is more of a want thing. And if he comes back and plays the level that he was before he's hurt, there's nobody else that's going to touch this award. Even if he comes back and gets 800 of both or 800 rushing, 600 receiving, I don't think anybody touches this award. After the two years that he's had coming back and having anywhere close to what he was beforehand, it's going to be hard to beat him for this award, I think. I... I've got I like Christian McCaffrey a lot. I just don't know. Like the the one thing I'll say, the the thing I hate about this award is it's a lot of time it's guys coming off of injuries and McCaffrey gets hurt so frequently that I sit here and I think I struggle to like want to put him cuz you I'm I'm betting on him being healthy for a whole year is what this is really. Yeah. That's more about what this bet is placed. And also comeback player of the year is completely storyline based I think more often than not. It is, like, yeah. Like, uh, I don't – like, if you're looking at numbers, there is no way in hell Alex Smith should have ever won Comeback Player of the Year. But when you're like, hey, this guy almost lost his leg and he came back and played a full season, you're like, well, it's kind of hard not to give the award to him at that point, right? Like, how do you how do you look at a guy that literally almost had his leg amputated? And not only is he walking again, he's playing professional football at the highest level and then not hand that guy Comeback Player of the Year. I feel like you have to, right? Yeah. So I, that's where I, it gets kind of dicey with this award, too. I think there's one guy, and it's my guy, who I think Storyline might dominate more, just typically because he's you know, in the limelight a little bit more than Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Baker Mayfield, right? Like, yeah. I don't think Baker Mayfield needs to come back and be ultra special or a difference maker when it comes to this, you know? Yeah. Um, I think like I think Baker Mayfield needs to go out and and win nine or eight games. And I think if he, you know, throws for thirty five hundred, thirty six, you know, thirty five hundred plus yards and has thirty plus touchdowns, I think this award's his. I think it's locked up at that point. So um that's that's who I think could dominate the news because we're always talking about Baker Mayfield, whether he's good or not. I just think it's gonna be hard to go up against him and, and fight that. That's fair. Yeah, that's a that's a solid pick. You know me, I love it's also funny that we both picked Panthers players. Love that. But it is, you know right? me, I get on the Baker train every day of the week. You know me, I love me some Baker Mayfield. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not a big Baker Mayfield guy. I just think the storyline is too kind of good to pass up. Baker Mayfield's plus two thousand. So I think that's also a pretty pretty safe bet there too. So Yeah, the numbers work for that for sure. Yeah. Who do you got for defensive player of the year? So defensive player of the year is a tough one because there's kind of three safe bets. Um, yeah. uh, I'm going to take the least safe out of the three somehow, despite what it should be the safest. I'm taking Aaron Donald. Um, We all know that this guy's the best defensive player in football at the end of the day. There's not really a debate to be had about that. We're looking at possibly one of the greatest defensive players of all time, barring position, barring era. This guy is up there with the greats. And um, I feel like he's I, I kind of get sick of like I understand it to a certain degree, right? Because it'd be kind of boring for all awards. But I hate that almost every single award has gotten to a point where we all know that Aaron Donald's the best defense player in football, right? But we can't yeah. give the award to him every year because if we did that. LeBron would have like 13 MVPs. Shohei Otani would win AL MVP every single year he's in the league. And Aaron Donald would have won every defensive player of the year award for the last eight years. You know, so while I understand it, it's still frustrating just to be like, 
Like, we know who the best defensive player in football is, but we're not going to hand it to him, right? So, I, I like Aaron Donald a lot in this spot, I think, coming off the Super Bowl. As long, I mean, he hasn't faced any punishment that I've seen at all from the, the Bengals joint practice and the swinging two helmets at, he, at, at opposing players. Yeah. Which I was kind of surprised by. Like, I get it's not on national TV in the middle of a football game like Miles Garrett was, but, like, I was kind of surprised how quickly that stuff went away. Um, I, I, I was also, shocked that it didn't make that he didn't get suspended from it or something. So also, who would have thought that putting the two teams that just played each other in the Super Bowl against each other in a joint practice the next offseason was going to be a good idea in the first place? Yeah, like who was like you know you know the Bengals just lost in heartbreaking fashion in the Super Bowl. You know, it'd be really good. Let's let's make it a joint practice against a team that just beat him in the Super Bowl in the last play of the game. Yeah, whose idea was this? I I don't know. It was it was definitely interesting because (laughs) yeah, I mean, there was some interesting decisions there. I mean, two teams that are obviously, I mean, of course that the Cincinnati Bengals haven't gotten over that yet, right? Like, yeah, why would we even think that that's possible? So no, I I don't I don't know. That's been wild. I'm surprised that you know the Rams aren't going to suspend him. I'm I'm not. I shouldn't say I'm surprised, but. I, I figured you'd want to show some some kind of form of discipline of like, hey, you know, we can't continually have this happen in our practices, but to each their own. Aaron Donald's at plus 900. It's it's a smart bet. I feel like we talk about storylines a lot with this award, and I just worry that he's kind of burnt out on it, and he's got to have a really special year to break that. Yeah, like I said, it's it's that it's that curse of being the best. They're like, well, we can't him the award every single year kind yeah. of thing. So. Yeah, it's like LeBron, you know, winning MVP in the NBA. You can't give it to him every year. Michael yeah, Jordan I think that's the won, Michael Jordan should have won fifteen MVPs in his. Oh, hundred percent. Nobody should have ever touched an MVP award, probably from like '87 on, yeah. till, till '98. And honestly, like nobody probably should have touched one since Bronze entered the league, outside of like two or three years along the way, probably. So it's it's just one of those things, and you're seeing it in baseball right now too. Everybody that's debating Aaron judge and Shoya Otani for AL MVP right now is going through the same debacle. So yeah. it's a, it's, it's a, it's an age old sports thing at this point. So um, for me, defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Joey Bosa. Um, okay. I like it. Little I felt bit. like all my picks were kind of off the wall. Cause I looked at him too. Don't get me wrong. I like that pick a lot. I'll let you talk on it. Yeah. I felt like all my picks were like plus 1500. And I was like, okay, I got to take a safe bet along. I can't just be crazy with all these. So I, I think had to most of yours have been pretty safe for the most part. I mean, Lamar some, was a little out there. Lamar was a little high. Were a little out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you did. I I think I've been more aggressive with you um, than you have. But what's well, it's, uh, it's also because we cut our rookie of the year stuff out. My offensive rookie of the year was the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, um, Joey Bosa. Um, Plus twenty five hundred, I want to say somewhere in there. Something like that. I think it's um, twenty eight on DraftKings. Uh, I really like this guy for a lot of reasons. One, he's going to come back healthy this year, so that'll be help helpful. Um, you add another threat on the other side, so you got Khalil Mack on the opposite side of him. Derwin James comes back healthy. You add J.C. Jackson, right? So quarterbacks are now going to have to. He won't be able to be double teamed as much. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks are going to have to hold the ball longer because receivers won't be as open because you had two huge pieces back to that secondary. Yep. Um, it just feels like a recipe, and he feels forgotten. You know, I mean, his his younger brother came in the NFL, 
showed that maybe he was a better player off the bat. And then, you know, this might be Joey's year to kind of go, Hey guys, listen, I was taken in the top five for a reason, right? Like yeah. I am still a dominant pass rusher here. So, yeah. And I think just being on the field is going to be the huge. I think you hit the nail on the head. Cause like when you look at this secondary, I think that's sometimes there's, I think the two most important things for an edge rusher to win. And I think edge rushers are best set up to win defensive player of the years every single year. Um, the two most important things is a solid running mate that's going to draw double teams away from you and a good secondary. And I think the Chargers may have one of the best secondaries in the league. You talked about J.C. Jackson and Derwin James. Asante Samuel Jr. blossomed and was huge last year for them. And then Bryce Callahan is one of the best slot corners in the game. So even when they want to flip out and go into a nickel set, they have still one of the best players in the slot as well. Um in Bryce Callahan. So I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I love him. And also they spent, they were like, all right, we spent our big money contracts. Obviously we went and got JC Jackson. We re-signed Mike Williams. We traded for Khalil Mack. Let's go spend a collective $15 million on three guys in Sebastian Joseph day and two other defensive linemen to be good rotational guys. And they're going to be able to stop the run next to our two star pass rushers. Again, another team that just had a ridiculously good offseason. There was more defensive center than anything, but that that was it was a, a master class of defensive of a defensive offseason for them. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely a good run. So yeah, I, I I like a lot of picks. I mean it's probably gonna be an edge rusher. I don't know. It's gonna be a long time before we see a corner or safety come out and win it. So all of you fools betting on uh, Kyle Hamilton, I wish you the best of luck. Um I, I think that one's possible, but again, it's he's got to. It's going to be so hard to stand out on the Baltimore defense, like right, like you have to stand out, right? Michael Parsons stood out last year. He was getting Defensive Player of the Year looks as a rookie. Yeah, um, I think the only way uh, a corner ever wins it is like it's going to take a Trevon Diggs level season, and the rest of the field is going to have to be down as well um, for for a corner to ever touch that award. And the bottom line of it is that Trevon Diggs is probably the only corner that has a shot because every other corner that is somewhat near or above that skill level doesn't get thrown the ball enough to get 11 picks in a season. It just doesn't happen. Jalen Ramsey will never touch a DPOY because three picks is high for him because he sees the ball come his way like 60 times in a year. You know, like it just doesn't happen. The volume's not there. All right, let's talk about offensive player of the year. Who you got? Is this the one we agreed on? I have Justin Jefferson down as my offensive yes, player. Yes, we, we, we agreed on this one. This is the one that we matched. Yep. Chernobyl levels of nuclear activity out of this kid this year, which is absolutely insane to say after him catching 1,500 yards his rookie year. Uh, it's obvious that he didn't see eye to eye with Mike Zimmer. He's kind of taken shots at Zimmer at every turn he's had since Zimmer was canned in Minnesota. Um, and I just, I, I feel like he's going to go absolutely bonkers this year. Yeah. I think, I think getting him an offensive minded head coach, especially coming from that Ram system, right? Look at what Kevin O'Connell was able to do for Cooper cup last year. Mm-hmm. Now, Justin Jefferson is a higher skill cap than Cooper cup. So yep. that's why I really like Justin Jefferson this year. I think that offense is going to be dynamic. We've talked about it a lot already. Uh, we don't have to like super dive into it here. But I, I really, really, really like the chances of Justin Jefferson having an amazing year this year. So, 
Yeah, he hundred percent should. There's there's no reason why Justin Jefferson shouldn't dominate this year. I agree. Um, you ready to jump into the playoffs? Talk about those. Let's get after it. How so you do this. This is gonna be. I was about to say this is probably gonna be a little bit complicated. Um, for for those of you listening at home. I'm probably going to let Owen run all the way up to his Super Bowl and talk about game by game. Um, obviously, we're going to spend less time on the wild card games, spend a little bit more time on the divisional games, spend a, a, you know, a decent chunk on, on that AFC championship, and then we'll spend a lot of time on our Super Bowls. Um, but you know, I'm going to let him run all the way through. I'm going to run all the way through to my Super Bowl. Then we'll talk about our Super Bowls at the end. Should I go all the way to the AFC title game in the AFC and then do the NFC all the way up to the title yes. game? You think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Stick stick one side. Okay. So for my wild card matchups in the AFC, uh, the Colts and the Raiders is my 4-5 seed. The Chiefs and the Chargers are my 2-7. and seven, And the Ravens and the Bengals match up for the third time uh, as the 3-6 and six seed matchups. Um, I have the Raiders upsetting the Colts in the first round. I think that Raiders offense is going to be extremely dynamic. And the Colts, while they got better, it feels like another Phillip Rivers year where, like, they made the playoffs, but they're not going to do much once they get there in the long run. Um, Chiefs-Chargers, another divisional matchup that you see uh, get a third matchup going into the postseason. I have the Chiefs in this one. The game's obviously going to be in Arrowhead with them being the two seed. The Chargers haven't been able to get it done in Arrowhead in years. And with them splitting the season series in the regular season – I can't willingly look at a rookie head coach or not a rookie head coach, a second year head coach, even with everything that the chargers did. It's so difficult to bet against Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day. It's, it's very, very hard to do. Um, The Ravens Bengals uh, again, a series that was split through the regular season for me and most likely will be in real life as well. Uh, Nobody really steamrolls through the AFC North division game wise. I have Baltimore winning this game. Um, obviously coming off of what I'm predicting as an MVP level season from Lamar Jackson. I think the Ravens get back down to basics and try to have themselves a 2019 kind of year. And I think they go into M&T Bank Stadium wildcard weekend, take care of the Bengals, move on to the second round. Um, for my divisional round, obviously the Bills got the one seed going 15-2 uh, and two in my in my bracket. They'll play the Raiders in that, in that round. I have them beating the Raiders. It's going to be a cold game in Buffalo. It's not going to really benefit the Raiders at all uh, to go across the country on, you know, the Bills get a week to rest, whereas the Raiders got to go to the Colts, go home for a little bit, and then turn around and go all the way back up to Buffalo in the cold. It's not going to be a a very friendly environment for a team that's used to playing in a dome all year. I'm going to take the Bills to go to the AFC title game as the one seed. Now the other side, (laughs) Chiefs-Ravens. One of my least favorite games to watch as a Ravens fan is for the last year for obvious reasons. Um, I have Baltimore winning this game in Arrowhead. Uh, not going to be a pretty game by any stretch, but Baltimore pulled it off last year, uh, albeit just a 36-35 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, if the Ravens can stay healthy and Lamar Jackson plays to the level that I believe he can and will play this year, there's there's little to nothing that's going to be able to stop this Ravens team um, through through the postseason. They play up east all the time. They're not – I wouldn't consider them like a strong cold-weather team. Like they're not a Green Bay, Buffalo, New York kind of cold weather. 
But I think if they can handle Baltimore's cold weather, I think they can come down to Kansas City, deal with that type of game there in December, December or January. Um, so I have the Baltimore Ravens going to the AFC title game. So it all comes down Bills Ravens for me in the AFC title game. It's going to be a slugfest and a half. I have the Baltimore Ravens winning this game. Um, and again, it doesn't feel right as a Ravens fan to sit here and and say this because, first of all, I feel like I'm being extremely biased, which I probably am to a certain degree. And I also feel like I'm jinxing any chance of this happening in real life as well. So it's very difficult to sit here and do this. But again, I can't sit here and talk about how good I think this team is and how good I think they're going to be this year and how I think Lamar Jackson's going to be an MVP and then have them having a first or second round exit. This has got to be a team. If I'm going to talk all the talk, have them 13 and four with Lamar Jackson as MVP candidate, they've got to get the job done in the long run, right? So I have them beating the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I think Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, more importantly, has shown that the come-behind win is not easy for the Ravens, right? The knock was always that, oh, I don't know if they could come down, you know, come back when they're down. Granted, it's a lot different to do that um, in Buffalo or in Buffalo in the playoffs versus against the Colts in the regular season. But we've seen Lamar Jackson do it. last. We saw it last year before he went down hurt. I just I feel like this Ravens team is going to be schemed. And what works well in any type of weather? The run game. What does Baltimore do better than any team in the league? Run the ball. So I have them making the Super Bowl out of the AFC on that side. So as far as the NFC goes, uh, the Eagles and the Vikings are my 4-5 seed matchup. Buccaneers and the Cowboys are my 2-7. And the Packers and the Cardinals are my 3-6. Eagles-Vikings. I have the Vikings winning this game, actually. Um, Be a cold game in Philly. The thing about the Vikings, man, is there's there's not a lot of holes offensively. Uh, It's a team that I think should be well-coached. I'm thinking their defense gets back to some type of relevancy this year. Mike Zimmer's gone. I think the defense has been talented. They added Zadarius Smith. They did lose Michael Pierce in the middle, but I think they'll be able to supplement some guys in, and you can run your your run stoppers by rotation and still be fine without the big, you know, the big run stopper in the middle. And the Vikings, as much as they may be an air raid kind of offense with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, I still think Dalvin Cook's a top five, if nothing else, top ten running back in this game. And they're going to be able to run the ball well as well. So – it's just it feels like a team that has too many options to go down in the first round. I have the Vikings moving on to the second round. Buccaneers, Cowboys, pretty easy. Dallas fans, I'm sorry. I love you guys. I, I wish I could sit here with confidence and bet on the Cowboys, but I can't. They've let me down too many times in the past. Lord knows they've let you guys down too many times in the past. We're talking about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. It's it's just too hard of a sell to sit here and try to act like that that game's going to be, you know, super, super crazy for Dallas fans. So I have the Bucks moving on to the second round. And then the Packers and the Cardinals, again, Cardinals, I, I like what they have, but I also hate it. It feels like one bad tweet, one bad deleting all my team photos off Instagram away from this team just absolutely falling apart. And when you've got to play Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, as a team that plays in the Dome in Arizona to then go to Green Bay for a playoff game, not 
not going to bet on that team in the long run, whether they have Aaron Rodgers or not. It's just not a great scenario for the Cardinals to fall into. Bad matchup at a bad time of the year. At the Packers moving on to the second round. Um, so my the Rams and the Vikings will be my first divisional round matchup, the one in the five seeds. I have the Rams moving on in this matchup. Obviously, the defending champs. Not really a Super Bowl hangover. I think we've talked about this. It just doesn't feel like a team that's going to be too hungover from the Super Bowl. It's a team that's going to go out there and and compete again and again and again. Um, this is where the the inexperience of the Vikings is going to kind of come into play with your rookie head coach, a team in general that hasn't made it super deep in the postseason with any of their current players. I don't think have sniffed an NFC title game. Um, recently, I want to say when I guess they would have made the NFC title game after the Minnesota miracle, but that would have been three, four years ago at this point. So yeah, it would have been a while ago. Not, not a ton of playoff experience versus the defending champs just kind of, kind of outweighs that in the long run. So I have the Rams moving on to the NFC title game, Buccaneers Packers. Again, the Buccaneers get lucky here uh, being that they are the two seed. This matchup will not happen in Lambeau. Um, I have the Buccaneers moving on. I think the lack of weapons kind of catches up to Aaron Rodgers in the long run. And again, Packers fans, I love you, but I've seen this team collapse too many times in the postseason when they shouldn't have uh, to sit here and look at, across the side. I've always said it's extremely hard to bet against Bill Belichick. It's very hard to bet against Tom Brady. It's also very hard to bet on Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs as of late. He hasn't delivered. So, as much as I'm willing to take the risk and the gamble of betting on Aaron Rodgers in the postseason, I can't look across and see Tom Brady and make that same bet. It just doesn't work out. The Bucs are obviously, I mean, they're damn near just a Pro Bowl roster by themselves. When you look at this team, outside of their offensive line is really the only thing that's going to slow these guys down. The rotation's there. The secondary's there. The weapons are there. They have the greatest quarterback of all time. As much as they have a new head coach, they don't at the same time. It's still a, a well-put-together coaching staff. The team just works. So you have your NFC title rematch from last year, Rams-Buccaneers. I think the Bucks get their revenge. I think they know that they should have made it last year. And if it wasn't for Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, they would have. I think they learned from their mistake. They're not going to drop prevent when there's 50 seconds left um, against one of the better offenses in the games in the Rams. And they're not going to they're not gonna have the letdown. I think they guard the letdown finally. Buccaneers make it back to the Super Bowl. So I have Buccaneers-Ravens as my Super Bowl matchup, which I'll tell you is probably one of the least favorite matchups for the Ravens going into it. It's a well-coached defense with not only its superstar talent at the top of that Buccaneers defense, they've got rotations for days. They stop the run well. Vita Vea is an absolute force to be held with in the middle of the field. They have athletes all throughout that linebacking core and in the middle of their secondary. I have the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl over the Baltimore Ravens. Um, it's where it kind of catches up to you. Again, it's very hard to bet against Tom Brady in a big game. And I think the defensive scheming, and I think this is where the Ravens really get turned one-dimensional. I don't think anybody else does it. I don't think the Chiefs defense has the talent to do it. I think the Bills have the talent to do it, but we saw them last year. They just couldn't get a stop when it came down to it against KC. And it's going to cost them another Super Bowl berth to the Ravens this year. But a well-coached defensive front in, in Tampa Bay and the greatest quarterback of all time becomes too much for the Ravens and their creative offense to overcome. So I have the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl this year over my Baltimore Ravens. That's that's what my playoffs look like. 
Uh, you, you went all the way. You went too far. You went to the Super Bowl. We're I did. You should have stopped me. Together. That's okay. I, we I can, we'll, we'll revisit it after you talk about yours. Okay. Because everyone um, will forget by then, including myself. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's go. For me, first round matchup, uh, Jags versus uh, the Chargers, uh, four and five. I don't think the ch- chart the Jags are a real four seed, right? Just the NFL, they're a division winner, so they sneak in. Uh, I think the Chargers won that game in a landslide. Um, Cincinnati versus Las Vegas. I had this game a little bit closer than probably a lot of people do. I think both these offenses are going to be pretty dynamic. I just think the experience that Cincinnati has compared to what Las Vegas has, they had that heartbreaker loss before McDaniel's first year coaching. This team feels, you know, close to being really good, but I just don't know if they have enough to beat Cincinnati. Um, and then I have uh, Buffalo beating Baltimore round one. Uh, Baltimore is my seven seed. I think going up north into Buffalo is going to be tough. And I just, when I look at these teams, man, Baltimore doesn't always play well from behind. I think Buffalo might get off to a hot start and, and kind of move on there. Um, continuing on for the AFC, uh, it would put me at Cincinnati Buffalo. I've got Buffalo winning that game. I think that's really close. I think this is a revenge game for them. Uh, I think Buffalo's kind of going to be on a revenge stampede this whole uh, this whole season here, or this whole playoffs for me. Um, I've got Chiefs Chargers in the second round. This was really close for me. Uh, I really want to pick the Chargers, man, but this is going to be their first playoff experience, so I really like the playoff experience that Kansas City has, right? Like, I think we saw a one-off thing with Cincinnati kind of being their first time in the playoffs and then move that quickly and have that much success by making it to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think Kansas City is just ultimately has been there, done that too much. Uh, I, I really like some of the weapons that Kansas City has this year. I think it's being slept on. I like Scanley. I like Juju. Uh, so I think I think they have enough pieces there to kind of make up Tyreek Kill's production. So um, I still really like Kansas City. And then I have Buffalo going into Arrowhead and beating Kansas City, right? I think uh, I think they're they're still upset about the way it played out uh, last couple times that that game has happened in the playoffs, right? Uh, losing in overtime and just on that coin flip, right? So I, I think Buffalo is going to come back with vengeance. I think this is the, the year that they finally finally win the big dance, right? Um, I I the thing the reason that I'm this high on Buffalo, right? I really like the Chargers. I just think they're a little young. I think Buffalo added the right pieces at the right places. Um, and I think it's enough that, you know, Kansas City still doesn't really have a running back to me, right? Um, I think between Devin Singletary and I think now adding uh, James Cook in there, I think Buffalo is going to add another element to their offense that they didn't have. And Josh Allen's a really good runner. I think he also gets slept on for his ability to run the football. So I think that offense is going to be, just by adding somebody like James Cook, I think it's going to be more multifaceted than we have ever really seen them be. Um, We're going to flip over to the NFC now for me. Um, I've got Cowboys-Eagles facing each other round one. Um, for me, I think what ultimately is the the reason that I think Philadelphia is going to win this game, I think Dallas is health, right? Like they're a very, very top heavy team. And we're already seeing that, right? We're in the preseason um, and they're already, already hurt, right? They're, they've got a 40 year old man starting on their offensive line. Um, 
So that at a, that's at a left tackle spot at a, a left tackle. At, yeah. Critical spot. So that, that scares me. I think if we had done a rec- record predictions now, I think I would have Dallas dropping significantly. Right. I think it's a really thin team. Thin teams typically don't do great when it comes to the postseason, right? If you have inj- if the injury bug hits you, you're kind of SOL on that one. So um, that can be really tough for them. Uh, I really like uh, what Green Bay and uh, Min- Minnesota next. So I have two in division games in the playoff matchups here. Uh, I really want to pick uh, Minnesota to win this, but. I like their offense a little bit better. I like the pieces they have a little bit better than, than green Bay. The thing is, is going into Lambeau field in the wild card round with a rookie head coach, I think is just a little bit too much to go and expect him to win that game. Um, is really what I think it comes down to. So I, I've got green Bay winning that game. I like Kirk cousins. I think they'll be able to play in the cold. I just think, you know, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough for them to go in and do that with a rookie head coach. That pressure, you know, it's another level of prep, uh, and it's tough. Um, the next game, I've got the Bucks and the Cardinals playing each other here. Um, I've got the Buccaneers winning. I, I like the Buccaneers this year. I don't know how much Tom Brady's in it, so I don't know if we're going to see the super hyper-focused Tom Brady. I think by the end of the year we will. I think they might struggle early. Um my problem with this team, right, with the, with the Cardinals is we have we have two problems really. We see this team struggle in the second half of seasons, right? So they tend to tend to slow way down. You like to be hot kind of coming into the playoffs with a little bit of momentum. They typically don't do that. We've seen Kyler Murray play in one playoff game and he was absolutely horrendous, right? He looked yep. one-dimensional, uh didn't look special, didn't look like what you expect Kyler Murray to look like, right? Um and, and until I see Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson step up and be, you know, extra special in the playoffs, like it's hard to really trust those two as quarterbacks. And that might be the bias of, you know, they're, I would say Lamar, you know, they're, they're run first, they're run heavy guys. So um, I, we've yet to see that be ultra successful, right? Like we haven't seen anyone win a Super Bowl with it. And until I see that, I, I'm going to have a hard time believing that it's possible. Um Though I really like both those teams, I just don't think Arizona's going to come in too hot. In the second they're, round, oh, go ahead. They're 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 the exact opposite of what you want. They're hot for eight games and then cold for eight games going into the postseason. That's the exact opposite of what you want. You want the, yeah. the Tom Brady start slow, finish strong into the postseason. Yes, you you definitely would rather have that than the other way. Um, then. Then for my my divisional round, I've got the Bucks and the Packers playing each other. Um, I really what I think this game comes down to is the Buccaneers are special and deep, and Green Bay is really top heavy, right? Um, who knows what wide receiver one's going to look like? I think Aaron Rodgers will be able to patch it together for a regular season, but I think in a playoff game like this, man, when Tom Brady's got Julio Jones and as his fourth option, I think it's just going to be really hard to stop this, this, uh, this offense without being special. Um, and next we got Rams versus Eagles. I, I think the Rams until I see, right. Like I, and I'm kind of banking on Jalen hurts being special enough to beat the Cowboys. I don't know if he's going to be special enough to go out and beat a team like the Rams, right? Like there's, there's limits to how good I think he, he is as a quarterback. And, and until I see otherwise, I can't really, you know, bank on that or expect that to happen. Um, that would be 
that would be the one struggle that I have with the Eagles, right? I really like that team. I like Nick Sirianni. You know, you've heard me rant and rave about him. I just think against a team like the Rams, you know, you have to be, you have to be Tampa Bay special. You have to be, you have to have that next level. And I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy that kind of leads him there. Um, and then in the NFC Championship, I, I've got the Rams going back to back Super Bowls. I just think Tom Brady. It's got to catch up to him eventually, right? And this deep, we kind of saw it last year a little bit, right? Like towards the end, that team was hurt. Tom Brady looked, you know, he did everything he could to drag that team across the finish line. And I just worry this deep into the season that, you know, we might see Father Tom finally catch up with Tom, right? I'm not saying he's not going to be good. I'm just saying he might not be special enough to beat a team like the Rams, right? Who don't rebuild, they reload, right? You know, they go out and add a wide receiver like Allen Robinson to replace a guy like Robert Woods. Right. So that's an upgrade. Then they go add Bobby Wagner to this already stacked defense. So um, there's enough pieces in LA to just think they're going to be special. Um, well, I was going to have Owen talk about his Super Bowl, but you know, he, he already went on and did that. So, um, and I, I think Buff, I think Buffalo wins this one. Right. I think, I think this is the year that Buffalo finally kind of gets over that hump. Um, I think it's a really close game. I actually think this game is better offensively than last year's Super Bowl, which is shocking, right? Like you would have said, triple crown winner versus Lamar or versus Jamar Chase. Like that's got to be a special Super Bowl. I think this one's a lot, a lot of offense, right? I think Josh Allen just goes out there and starts slinging the rock. Um, and we'll see if he's got that Patrick Mahomes in him, right? Like, I think he's going to run all over the place, make special throws. And I think uh, I think that offense is going to be pretty special. Yeah, I, I like that matchup a lot. I think that's something that I would love to see come February if Baltimore's not in it, obviously. Um, I don't know, man. That is a that, – that matchup is something else to see – to see Josh Allen walk out there against Aaron Donald in that defense would be would be a special game. I'm really curious to see how their run game is going to shake out. I think a lot of fantasy managers, myself being being one of them, is expecting a massive year out of James Cook and is yeah. expecting him to be special and be the number one running back for them and elevate that position unlike every other running back's been able to so far for them. Like, Devin Singletary's been okay, right? But, like, they're looking for the guy. They're looking for their Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and they didn't want to spend a first-round pick to get him. And I don't think they had to. Obviously, they. I don't. I don't. I think they made the right pick. So, I, I like the Bills making it there. I mean, they were my, my AFC title game for a reason. I had them fifteen and two through the regular season. So, I like that. And of course, the Rams. It's hard to bet against the Rams as well. I had the Buccaneers getting there. Just because I, you know me, I live by that age-old philosophy of not betting against Tom Brady in a big game. So, what do yeah. you think of my Super Bowl along the way? I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough, right? Like, I, I just, I'm, I'm struggling with, I, I just don't know how good, how good is, is Tom Brady going to be, right? Like, you know, we've already seen a little bit of the distraction come into the offseason. I mean, that team kind of limped in to the playoffs last year. It's not like they got drastically better. I mean, they added a lot of weapons. I, I don't know. It's, well, the offensive line is worse at the end of the day. Offensive line got worse. 
the defense. It was just it was just game. off injuries. Like yeah, the the who retired? Um, Ali Marpet retiring hurt them in the yeah. long run. I think obviously, but I think the injuries like losing Ryan Jensen for the year, and then they lose two rotational guys after that has been the big thing that's gonna hurt them in the long run. But I think if they get all the way to the NFC title game, obviously that part of the equation has been addressed, right? Like somebody's healthy again. They've traded for somebody along the way. So if I'm willing to bet on them getting all the way to the NFC title game, I think I've got to bet on them to do the, to do the, the whole deed at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I I think it played out how both of our regular seasons went because I, I have a hard time believing that I'm going to watch Baltimore go to the, the Super Bowl this year. But if I'm going to sit here and tell you that Lamar Jackson is going to be an MVP and that Baltimore is going to win 13 to 15 games, I can't have them go out to KC in the second round. It just I, I, it doesn't I, fit the bill for what else I've I've predicted along the way. See, see, you say that, but Lamar's year that he won MVP, didn't they lose in the divisional round? Or did they they lost the, the divisional round of the Tennessee Titans. Unless yeah. They did. So I don't think that's a crazy thing to say, right? Like, we've seen Kyler Murray be really special in the regular season and then struggle in, in the postseason, right? Like I, I don't think it's insane to say an MVP, like I don't think Justin Herbert is going to, I think he might struggle a little bit in the playoffs, right? Like I think that's a, a very real possibility for, for that team. Um, just because they're so inexperienced, right? You don't have a head coach who's been there before. You don't have a quarterback who's been that before. And I know last year we had, Cincinnati, you know, kind of shocked the world, but we yeah. don't see that super often. No, that was you know that's I mean? the that's the outlier amongst the situation. Is yeah, they're, they're an exception the to the rule, not the example, right? So, yeah. I I just struggle. You know, Buffalo's bent like most of the time. You see it where a team, you know, before the Chiefs won, they lost to New England the year before, and then they kind of got over that hump, right? Like typically, you have to get there, and then then you can kind of fight that. I with Baltimore being out of the playoffs last year, I don't know if I can say this team has playoff experience. You know what I mean? They do, but they, they not necessarily in in the ways that we were kind of hoping for, you know, Um, it's, it's, and at the same time, because I agree with everything you're saying, right? Like there's, it's my team. I can sit here and be realistic about them, but they also have the way that everybody talks about, well, the way the Dallas fans talk about Dallas every year, and how talented are like, oh, this is the year. Like, I mean, look at all the talent we have here. That's what Baltimore looks like at this point. Like, they are, I mean, I could sit here and list off the entire starting rotation on defense. I could list as much as everyone thinks the weapons aren't. The scheme elevates what the weapons are. So, I don't know. It's, like I said, it's very hard to sit here and believe that we're going to go into Arrowhead and beat Kansas City, and then go into Buffalo and beat Josh Allen and the Bills. That seems like a ridiculous year to watch. And I think that's a – the Super Bowl berth, if that's the route and how it happens, is going into Arrowhead, beating Patrick Mahomes, going into Buffalo, beating Josh Allen, I couldn't be happier just to get to the dance, let alone to have a chance to walk home with the Lombardi Trophy after that. The Nobody would be able to talk me off that. I would be screaming from the rooftops the entire Pro Bowl. Would let's like if we look at the weapons, even how how deep do we have to get right? So let's cancel out quarterbacks, right? Because it'd go, you know, if we included quarterbacks in the list, it'd go Patty one, Lamar two, right? As, mm-hmm. as weapons, and then you'd go 
you know, probably Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews as three and four, however you want to do that. Right. Yeah. After, after those top four, how deep did we go before we talk about a Baltimore Raven? I mean, I think if I were to, so taking quarterbacks out of it, quarterbacks and tight ends out of it, let's, let's pretend we're taking tight ends out of it too. Yeah. Let's pretend that's our top fours. We'll go Patty, uh, Lamar, Mark Andrews, and then Travis Kelsey is our top four. After that, how long do you, do you go before you see a Baltimore Raven in there? I think you probably go two or three, probably the third. I'd say I'd probably take MVS Juju and then. I, I want to say JK? Rashad, but probably JK at that point. Yeah. Right. So you see, you see a running back as, as the next weapon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, that to me is the struggle, right? Like when you break what, it down like that, when you look at KC and like you talked about like Tyree kill being gone is kind of a plus because they add Juju, they add MVS, they draft sky more. And now they have options. It's the exact opposite and then you look at the running back room and you're like a guy I took in the first round. We don't really like Jet yeah. McKinnon who we really like, but for some reason we won't put him on the field A rookie. We just drafted in the fifth round and then you flip it. Baltimore is like, we took this kid in the first round. We're not really sure how he's going to be in Rashad Bateman. We have this guy we took in the fourth round last year. And then we have a guy that we took in the third round two years ago. And then the running backs are like JK Dobbins solid hurt, but solid Gus Edwards, one of the most underrated running backs in, in the league, but coming off an injury and Mike Davis. And then, uh, God, who's the fourth. They just, Oh, they just signed Kenyon Drake too. So like, it's, it's the exact opposite. You look at like the parody of the chiefs wide receiver room is what Baltimore has their running back room. And then vice versa. Casey's running back room is kind of void and Baltimore's wide receiver core is kind of void. So at the end of the day, it's going to come down to, to me, who's going to play their game plan the best. And I think, uh, can I can I pitch you something ahead, here yeah, coming off in. of here? So it. let's take teams out of it for a second, right? It's the second half. It's a close game, right? Let's say it's thirteen to thirteen, right? Second half. Would you rather have a shaky running back room, but a good, I would say, good not great wide receiver core room, or would you ha- rather have a good running back core but a shaky wide receiver room? With that scenario, I would rather have the receiving core, but I think you're right. cutting the most important part of that equation out. And to me, what is what, what is that? The, what that matchup comes down to now is because we're we're kind of splitting fifty fifty, right? The tight ends are great, the quarterbacks are great, right? Baltimore's running back. You know, we just spent this last five minutes talking about this. We have to flip the other side of the ball. To me, the matchup comes down to now who's going to be able to run their offense, yeah, better to their standards. Now, again. On paper, it's Baltimore every single day of the week because Casey's got better on defense and run stopping is the probably the better part of their defense. But Baltimore's defense is world talent wise is worlds ahead. But right. Patrick Mahomes could do whatever he wants with the football at the end that, of the day. That's like that's the difficult part. So, I can't so agree there. I, I think the thing I'm trying to say here is in tight situations, right? Like in, in these playoff games, you're talking about teams are going to take away your best option. You know what I mean? So that's why I always think, you know, you can say tight ends are neutralized, right? Like, you know, cause for the chiefs, their best weapon is a tight end for the Ravens. Their best weapons, a tight end who is then going to do the best job elevating the rest of the offense or is going to have the offense elevate to them. And 
I mean, running games are great, man, but if you're down two scores, like it's tough to try to still pound the ball. You know what I mean? It, it, it's that's the only thing that scares me. I think a, a good running game is, is important and it can complement. It just scares me in, in trying to push, you know what I mean, you to the next level. And I think, well, I think Baltimore can come out and pass and be dynamic and come back. But the thing is, is you're, you're also then betting on Patrick Mahomes, not touching the end zone for two straight drives, which is not, not a, not a bet that I'm, I like in the long run either. And I could be wrong. Like Lamar could go out and have a bunch of fourth quarter comebacks and sling the rock this year better than he ever has and throw for, you know, 40 touchdowns, right? That's not impossible for to happen. I just would have to see it before I'm willing to, you know. Before you're going to throw some money on it where I'm going to, yeah, put my neck out there and say that out loud. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's where I'm at with that team. I can understand that hundred percent. All right. You ready to move on? Start previewing week one here. Oh baby. It's go time. Isn't it? All right. Let's, let's start out it. with, let's start out with the season opener here. What a, what a great game to open up the season with bills versus Rams on Thursday night football. I don't know if don't it's actually Thursday it. night football. Cause it, it might be like, uh, what's the word? I think it's not on like Amazon or what. I think it's still on NBC, but it's Thursday night football for That's the, weird. you know what I mean? Without, without you know, Thursday night football in quotations, you know what I mean? It's not like your traditional Thursday night football game, but it is a Thursday night football game. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't get too, too used to this because, um, this is Thursday night football. The good matchups will stop, right? Like yeah, we're, though. We're we're gonna be watching Jets Jets Giants week three probably. Like yeah. I was trying to look at the Thursday night football schedule and see how bad it was. Like it's it's gonna be bad. I was like I don't I don't have to look at it to know that it's probably not gonna be great. Um yeah, do they still I don't, do the color rush on that game or no? Did they take I, that they away don't anymore. I wish they did. I kind of like the color. Like it was the only, only positive thing about that game. It's yeah, like, uh, when you're when you're watching like Jags <laughs> Commanders, you're like, at least the jerseys are different. I guess like give me something uh, to look at. Well, the jerseys look good. You know, the teams suck ass, but you know. Yeah, I, I've I don't I've never been a huge fan of Thursday night football. Now <laughs> this game is about as down the middle as you can get. I mean, this is a possible Super Bowl matchup. This was your Super Bowl matchup, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was. Um, and you're looking, I'm looking at ESPN's matchup predictor, mm-hmm. and it is right down the middle. Forty nine point six percent for Buffalo, forty nine point nine percent for the Rams, and a point five percent tie. Like this is as down the middle as you can get yeah. for for a for a season opener. And probably just not a game that the defending champs wanted to see on the schedule coming back around to just start against Buffalo. Um, I don't know, man. Do you want to start? Because I have no idea where to even start with this this, matchup in general. There's a a lot to come out and prove, right? Like the Rams are going to come out and prove like, hey – you know, we're not we're not going through the Super Bowl hangover. The Bills have to come out and say, hey, like, listen, this this game might put us on the map and say, hey, we are a legit Super Bowl team. We beat last year's Super Bowl champ. Right. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth. Right. Like, I think it's going to be a hell of a game to start out the year. Um, ultimately, I think the Rams might struggle a little bit because of, you know, new offensive coordinator. Uh, you're you're adding in new weapons. You're you know what I mean. It's not a new offensive system, but you know, um, and I think McVay still calls plays. But you know what I mean. There's always so many moving pieces with the Rams that I think you know the first couple of weeks it takes them a little bit to get figured out. You know what I mean? Yeah, which what is, it's not a it's not a bad thing in the long run, right? No, like we, no, we just I, talked about it. I'd rather be sound the last four games than the first four games. 
With, like, I just don't know if I trust, you know, Matthew Stafford and Allen Robbins chemistry right now over uh, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, right? Like, I think that's, or I can't think of who their wide receiver two is. What's his name? Um, uh, Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like that chemistry a little bit better. You're not plugging in so many pieces for the Bills. And I think that's, you know what I mean? A slight advantage for him in this game. Um but yeah, this is this is a heck of a game to open up the season on. I really love this game. Um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, everybody's like, I mean, everybody. The over is set at 51 and a half right now uh, for the total, which I I honestly feel like is kind of high. Like I know that these offenses are going to get up and down the field. Obviously, what's going to come down to it is who's going to get the stops in the red zone. I think is yeah. where the the difference is going to be had because last year the Buffalo Bills had the number one defense yardage wise in the NFL, the entire league, they were number one, but what cost them their season in the long run is they couldn't hold Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs out of the end zone. Um, and the Rams obviously have Jalen, Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner and Aaron Donald. And they're probably the best triple crown of defenders. You can have one at each level that there's probably ever been off the top of my head, definitely in recent history to have, the top corner, the top defensive lineman, and probably still a top five, top ten linebacker in the game. They're they're going to be sound on defense as well. Um, so I, this this team, I think it's it's going to come down to who's going to get the stops in the red zone, who's going to win the the, the um, turnover battle. Turnover battle is definitely still going to be important. The mistakes are obviously going to be there. I'm trying to think. Fucking when. I'm the uh, going there, not sure. Not time of possession. Why am I blanking this hard? Just who's going to win field position? That's what it's oh, going to be. There you go. Can you get a stop before a guy is going to like? Because obviously, like if you can get a stop on their twenty, you're going to start around probably the thirty or forty yard line, unless the punt bounces twenty yards. You're going to have good field position, right? You don't want to let them get that to the fifty yard line, then cough and corner you inside the ten. Who's going to be able to have more 60-yard drives than 90-yard drives? That's that's kind of going to be yeah. where this game is decided, I think. Yeah. It's no, really I, weird that the special teams is going to be the, what probably decides this game. I, this game? It, it's a good chance. Uh, I always think early on in the season the overs are a little bit better than the unders um, just because there's less film out there, right? Like, Yeah. If these, Teams are just going to be flying up and down. Yeah, there's going to be less film. There's You're not going to know what to expect. Like, what kind of role does James Cook come out and play in week one? I don't think anyone really knows fully. Yeah, you know what I mean? Any idea. So he might not play at all, or he could be a big factor in the game, right? So I think it's just – it's tough to say when it comes to that. So I like, you know, some of the, the offensive plays you might see. Um, but, yeah, this is a great game to start off the year. But, yeah, later on in the year it's going to be pretty bad. But moving on, next game. Um, Browns versus Panthers. Uh, only reason this game's on here is because it's a revenge game and revenge games are always interesting to watch. Um, I don't think this game's close. I think, uh, with Joe, uh, Jacoby Brissett starting for Cleveland, I think that already puts them at a slight hole and not to mention that Baker Mayfield has probably got the entire Panthers organization really amped up for week one. Um, so I think they're going to be excited and they're going to be playing with, with some vengeance. I would agree. Um, outside of the Baltimore Ravens playing the jets in week one, this is the game that I think I'm most excited for being a big Baker Mayfield guy. I want nothing more than him to come in and absolutely destroy the Browns in week one. 
surprisingly, ESPN has uh, 63% for Cleveland in the matchup predictor right now. They're favored to win this game over Carolina, which is, is fully possible. If you take quarterbacks out of it, I mean, Cleveland has the more talented roster by a, by a decent chunk, especially when you get into the defensive side of the ball. But oh, yeah. Quarterback, I mean, it's a quarterback-driven league. It matters so much, and Baker Mayfield probably would sell his entire season this year and possibly his career to get this win at this point. I think if the devil came to him and like, hey, man, I'll give you a 50-3 to win over the Cleveland Browns week one, but you can't play another game the rest of the season. And with that, it may ruin your career because teams may not want to sign you after missing a whole other year on your redemption contract. And I think Baker Mayfield would think about signing that, signing his soul away for that deal. I think deal. he wants this win more than anybody's probably wanted to win in their in their a regular season win in their life. And it's funny that you said the talent gap is so large between these two teams. I think when it comes to offense, it's closer than we realize, right? Like, mm-hmm. would you take the Browns wide receiver core or the Panthers wide Panthers. receiver core? Panthers, right? Like, Easily. like, and it's not even close. Like. No. The Browns have the best wide receiver on the field with Amari Cooper, but it's not a huge gap between Amari Cooper and DJ Moore, right? And then then you go down the list of Cardinals player or Panthers players, and it's pretty deep, right? And then I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as a duo versus Christian McCaffrey, I think is probably close. You know what I mean? Maybe a yeah. slight edge one way or the other, but um I think defense is kind of where the <coughs> argument falls a little bit apart for the Panthers, right? Like yep. I think that defense is is pretty weak, and then their offensive or their head coach is an offensive guy, so that doesn't typically bode well for them either. So, um, but I still think this is going to be a really good game. Um, Chiefs versus Cardinals, man. This is this is an exciting one. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially for we're talking about you know uh, the Cardinals being a team that come out and start hot. And the Chiefs, who have started slow the last, definitely last year, and yeah. a little bit the year before. Um, currently on ESPN, the matchup predictor, uh, the Cardinals are favored to win this game, which is surprising to me, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a couple factors to this game. I think Call of Duty hasn't come out yet, so we're going to get prime Kyler Murray. You know? I was going to ask you that if you had seen the those things and i was like that's that's crazy it's it almost it it makes me want to feel like like there's no way it's actually that correlated but it might be because like once they put that in his contract man i think it just opened that door for criticism Um, it did 100 and then when people started pulling that kind of stats i'm like yeah i was like people are going out and doing full studies yeah, where it like got, it got even worse on double XP weekends. Yeah, like his stats drop like after COD, and like the weekends where there's double XP weekends, his numbers are even worse. And you're like, "Holy that, cow, dude! Like this it's is too real at that point." You know, hundred percent. I mean? Yeah, there's there's way too many numbers going with this for it to be a coincidence at this point. But yes, I I think I think that's a legit point. I think the other thing is too is the Chiefs' offense might look completely different than it did last year. Yeah. So I think that's it's going to take a while. I mean, we talked a little bit about it with the Rams, right? The Rams are, are subbing out um, Robert Woods for Allen Robinson, right? Or yeah, and OBA. Odell's also not going to be there. Not, not going to be there. So there's a couple moving parts there. The Chiefs are plugging in essentially a whole new wide receiver court, right? Like yeah. 
there's not much that was, you know, there last year that's going to be back for him. Um, so I think they're going to face a little bit more challenge. If there's going to be a little bit that, you know, and they need to get in sync. I think it's going to be, it's going to be hard. And the chiefs earn a team that can rely on the run game, right? Like most of the time, if you're trying to figure out your passing game, you can go to the run game. The chiefs have very little run game at all. Right. Like, so yeah. it's going to be on Patrick Mahomes shoulders and he's got to make what he has work. And that's, I, I really like the Cardinals in this game. Um, I mean, the one thing with the Cardinals, too, is you're adding Hollywood Brown in. You're not going to have D-Hop, and they struggled last year when they didn't have D-Hop. Like, they really struggled when they lost D-Hop the second half of the year. So I think that's also somewhat of a concern. Yeah, I would agree. But the thing that I do like, like you said, Hollywood's there. As much as they did struggle without D-Hop, and they're not going to have him for this game, obviously, they have Hollywood, they have A.J. Green, they have Rondo Moore, they have Zach Ertz, and most importantly – Who's the rookie tight end on their roster? Tim. Trey McBride, baby. <laughs> it's the only guy they need is Trey freaking <laughs> McBride. So there's so much hype around that kid. And I swear yeah. it's all because he's a decent tight end in Madden. Yeah, I am uh I'm excited to see what what Casey's able to do here defensively. Because like I said, they've been getting better and better. They haven't made the world breaking moves. They didn't add JC Jackson, Khalil Mack. They've drafted well, man. That is that I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is really the only miss they've had in the first two or three rounds of the draft the last two to three years, which is obviously, of course, the one that you probably wanted to hit the most. Creed Humphrey was the seal of the draft. Nick Bolton's great. Willie Gay's great. Uh, they got George Carl Loftus laying this ground. I think they got Trent McDuffie, I believe, was their other pick that they picked up in the second round this year. Both of those guys I wanted to be Baltimore Ravens. Like they have drafted extremely well. And I'm excited to see what this defense can do against what should be a high powered Arizona offense. I think again, it's going to come down to the red zones. Can you keep James Conner out of the end zone once you get inside the 20 yard line? Cause that guy loves his red zone touches. Um, and I know the fantasy managers want to see it, but I'm curious to see if they're going to be able to keep them out of the end zone. Yeah. Plus 7,500 on Trey McBride to win offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> Um, so if you're looking to make a, you know, a dollar bet and win 75 bucks or 750 bucks, I think it's 75 bucks, you know, something to think about for sure. But all, I, I mean, this schedule is loaded down with good games. That's why I love week one. Cause there's, there's hope, right? Like every team feels like they can come out and win the Super yeah, Bowl we, this year. Of course. Cause we're, we're at the point I think where everybody looks good on paper and we have to get to week four five, six. For us to be like, all right, paper doesn't matter. These guys kind of suck. Like, suck. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what everybody's made of. So, um, next one, we start out hot with a little division game here: Raiders versus Chargers. Um, I think this is also a noon game potentially. I hope not. No, it's not. It's a three three thirty game, uh, three thirty Central Standard Time. Um, for you East Coasters, that's a four thirty game, and then for you West Coasters, that's a one thirty game. Yeah. Um, I, I like this, this matchup a lot too. I think this will be exciting. Um, I think there's more pressure on the chargers right now. So I think the lot of spotlight's going to be there and we're going to see how good they play with that pressure on them. Yeah. Um, Raiders with the new head coach and Josh McDaniels. Uh, that's, you know what I mean? It, this offense might not look super smooth at first. I know McDaniels likes to run complicated offenses, right? He always did it in New England. Um, 
and, and it's going to be somewhat of a struggle, I think, for this Raiders offense at first to kind of pick up on it. I think they get better throughout the year. Um, we're going to see Devontae Adams for the first time in the silver and black. That's going to be exciting. We're going to see this new look Chargers defense. I think this game is going to be end up lower scoring than a lot of people think it is just because of all the moving parts. But I ultimately, I still think it's a really good game. Yeah, I think, I mean, the AFC West is not going to have a bad game this year. Um, and the fact that we get to see this matchup already week one is going to be absolutely exhilarating. Um, I think the turnover battle is really good. what's going to sell this apart because the Raiders are going to have to be flawless, man, because hold the ball too long. Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are going to bury you in the backfield. You get the ball out too early. J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James are going to be ready to take that ball the other way for six. So the the mistakes are going to be what's going to kill both of these teams, and I'm curious to see who's going to be the one that's that's going to make the least and be able to get out of L.A. with the victory. Yeah, it's it's going to be a good one. Um, Sunday night football, uh, I had this written down as a really good matchup before um, I think some of the Cowboys injuries and, and what they were going to do on that offensive line came through. I still think Bucks cowboys is going to be interesting. Um, you know, how ready is Tom Brady going to be after taking, what do you take, 10 days, two weeks, something like that? Yeah, right? some, it's close to two weeks, yeah. Um taking that little break. How good does this offense look when they're coming out? How does Dak look without, you know, what used to be his number one target and Amari Cooper, um, you know, is CD lamb actually going to be a wide receiver one. I think there's, there's a lot of good storylines to watch here. Yeah. How, how horrible of a draw is it for Dallas fans to have to play Tom Brady week one, two years in a row now? Cause they opened the year last year against them too. Oh damn. That's tough. Um, which surprisingly, they only lost 31, 29 last, last year. And then immediately followed it with a six-game win streak. So, I mean, Dallas Dallas started hot last year after losing to the Bucks week one. I think they do lose to the Bucks here again. Yeah. Now, if they still had Randy Gregory in the building, I think this game may fly a little bit differently. Um, I think you've got to, if you're Dallas and you really want to get after this game, Michael Parsons has got to begin after the quarterback the whole game because there's a weak spot right now in Tampa Bay. It's the offensive line. You've got to exploit that at every turn you can get. You got to get in the backfield. And you got to bury Tom Brady as many times as you can before you can get the ball out. Um, so I, I think this is a game where Micah Parsons has to be getting after the QB. Whether you sub him down to DN for the game so you can keep another coverage guy in the middle of the field, do whatever you got to do. But you need your best guys getting after Tom Brady because I don't think it's going to be super hard to get to him. That being said, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. It, it's hard to bet against them. It, it there's gonna it's gonna have to be a multitude of things have to go really really well or even perfect for Dallas to have a shot at this thing you you brought up all the question marks how involved does Tony Pollard get how good does Zeke look how good is their offensive line if there's a weak spot in Dallas right now it's also the offensive line and the defensive side of the ball right now is obviously better for Tampa Bay Vita Vey is going to have a heyday Shaq Barrett's going to have a heyday off the edge so this is this is going to be a game of which quarterback is going to have less grass stains by the end of it. That's yeah. that's the team that's going to win. And I think the other interesting part about this game too is you're going to see how there's two ways to approach bad offensive line play, right? Like mm-hmm. Tom Brady's going to get the ball out quick and precise whenever he feels that pressure. Dak Prescott's going to move around and kind of play outside the pocket and try to be a little bit more creative and and more of an improviser there. 
So I think that that also might just be interesting to see, you know, how both those strategies play out for him. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Last game of the week. Um, actually, I'm kind of excited. This got a solo spot. Broncos versus Seahawks. We got another vengeance game, right? We'll, we'll hear the classic storyline. Is it better to keep your superstar quarterback or your 60-year-old head coach? Find out, you know, oh, man, I wonder who's going to win. Um, I don't think Seahawks have announced a starter yet for the game. Um, is that correct? I want to say they, they named Geno Smith as the starter, actually, but I could be wrong, which I don't know if that's better or worse for them in the long run. Yeah, I mean, does it, I don't think it really matters for me. Um, still, I, I like this game more because it's in Seattle too. Like we're playing in Carolina for that Cleveland Carolina game. This one's in Seattle. Russell's got to go back. Yeah, yeah. It it'll be interesting to kind of see how how he's how he's received there. You know what I mean? Like, is he is he going to be loved or is it going to? He be should changed? be. Lo- I think if the Seahawks fans boo him. They deserve nothing but the absolute worst. He brought him a Super Bowl at the end. He of the brought game. him a Super Bowl, and I guarantee you, if they would have just canned uh, Pete Carroll instead of Russell Wilson, I think he'd probably still be there. So it's the only fans that should boo him are the ones that think Pete Carroll still has a chance at Coach of the Year and still think he's a revolutionary guy in the league. Yeah. Okay. Which so aren't, aren't many. Geno <laughs> is starting. They did announce him as the starter. So there you go. Um, what a QB matchup, but yeah, I, I still, I still like it. I still think it's going to be a fun game to watch. It's always fun to see, you know, Tom Brady's homecoming last year in new England was super cool. Um, I think Russell Wilson's might be the closest thing we get to that. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of bad, bad blood between Russell and the city of Seattle. Mm. Whereas I feel like Baker might hate Cleveland, not the fans, but just hate, you know, the whole organization. Yeah. So I think the way that Russell left was a little bit better, you know, probably a little bit better terms than that. So I I think homecoming games are cool. I think that's going to be a really good Monday night game. I don't think it's close at all, but I still think it's a cool game. I I would hundred percent agree. Like, I mean, anytime that you're going to go out there and suit up against the team that you just spent 10 plus years playing for a team that you brought a Super Bowl ring to is, it's going to be a fun one. And, uh, I mean, you forgot the most important homecoming game of them all. Joe Flacco is playing against the Ravens week one. <sighs> Jesus Christ, dude. I'm not even going to take Zach- <laughs> I don't not- know if he's actually starting. No, um, I think Zach Wilson, the last I heard, Zach Wilson's pushing to start. So. Yeah, he's currently questionable. So it, it could be – my dreams could be dashed right before my eyes. But I, I'll tell you what, that I would love to see Joe Flacco out there against Baltimore. Yeah, I don't There's know. No QB that- I'd rather lose to if it were to happen week one. I don't know if I count that as like a homecoming game at this point, figuring he hasn't been a viable starter since he left Baltimore. No, it's not because it's also in New York and not in Baltimore. So did he even start like after he left Baltimore for anyone for a full season or no? I don't believe so, because I think he went straight to the Jets from what I remember. He went straight there and um, backed up Darnold before they went and got Zach Wilson. Okay. Um. Joseph Vincent Flacco. Just kidding. He was the Broncos backup for a year. I forgot that. Oh, okay. And then the Jets, then the Eagles, and then the Jets again. I I forgot forgot he played played for these. Yeah, that's that's a weird one. See, that would have been a fun one to do. That would have been hard to figure out. That would have been a difficult one because even I would have got stumped up by that, actually. 
Yeah, I would have never. I totally forgot he was in Philadelphia, but he definitely was. But because yep. I Tell think they, what, traded, they traded him to New York, and then they got Gardner Minshew the next year. I thought, right? It was something like that, or a yep. couple years. Yeah, but Super Bowl MVP. It's on the resume. It is. It is. It's only fifty-two of those, fifty-five of those, whatever it is. So, it's one of them. yeah, this is. Uh, I think that's a wrap for season two, episode three here. Yeah, uh, I'd call it. It's it's been a it's been a fun ride. Thanks for thanks for joining in. Um, definitely gonna find a more consistent posting schedule once we get the the season going here. But if you listen to ninety minutes of us blabber on and you know try to follow along at home with what's going on with our playoff predictions, we we appreciate you. Yeah, I couldn't thank you more. If you got to this point, shoot me a text. Be like, hey man, really loved all ninety two minutes of that. Yep, it's okay to lie every once in a while, and I know that you're gonna be lying when you send me that text. So. Uh, we do greatly appreciate anybody that listens when you listen to the first five minutes of the last five minutes. Couldn't thank you guys enough. It doesn't get done. If you guys want to hear us talk about anything, if you want to dive into some all-time debates, let us know. Send me a text. Shoot us a DM on Twitter, at takes. If you want to hit Tim up on Twitter, at Owen underscore Burke, B-E-R-K on Twitter for myself. We'll answer. Big shout-out to um, – I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give a couple shout-outs because I've had a couple guys text me a lot about the first two episodes. They love that the show's back. Kellen's been texting me a lot. I love you, buddy. Uh, Jake's been texting me here and there. Um, Caitlin's dad, Roy's been texting me quite a bit. And Maddie C listens every week, too. So we got two Cowboys. And Reed. Obviously, can't forget Reed. So three Cowboys fans are dedicated listeners, despite our continual bullying of their favorite team. Yeah. So those those three are the real troopers right there. There's to listen to us verbally abuse their favorite team for 90 minutes a week. Yeah. But Dedication. Yeah, it is. It's a different level of dedication, different level of love for us. I didn't think it was possible, but we do greatly appreciate everybody. If you want that special shout out, man, like we said, we're human beings, right? We're, we're not millionaires yet. Shoot us a text, shoot us a DM. <laughs> stop by, you know, come talk to us sometimes. I promise we'll answer. We'll answer any questions you guys have on the show. If there's any topics you guys want to hear about, any games you see on TikTok that you want us to try, let us know, man. We'll, we'll do them all. So, Thank you guys for making it this far with us. We'll get into our regular scheduled program next week, wrap up our week one, do our recap for that, look at week two, get pumped the brakes back in the mix. We're going to get after it. It's NFL season. It's my favorite time of the year, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be back. So with that being said, Tim, anything before we get out of here? Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you at the next one. There it is.